um, a series talking about our faith in God. Uh, of course, each uh, we've done kind of multiple little mini series in the middle of it. Today is actually going to do another, start another one. And uh, but I feel like I, I needed to stay with the same opening text, First John five, Hallelujah, and verse four and five is where we're going to go again, Hallelujah. So here we go, verse four of chapter five says, for whatever is born of God, everybody say whatever. whatever. Let's try that again. Everybody say whatever. whatever. See, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. Amen. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, obviously, it's another, it repeats itself from verse 1 there. Uh, and actually, chapter 4 even talked about the fact that uh, uh, you're of God, little children, and you've overcome the world because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. How many believe that? Amen. All right. But verse 4 says, whatever is born of God. Okay, so it's not necessarily a whosoever, but whatever. Whatever comes out of God. This word born, uh, regeno, uh, which means regenerate, to procreate, beget, conceive, bring forth, or something that's made from. So in other words, whatever is born of God, whatever comes out of God, has the DNA in it to overcome whatever the world may bring against you. Are you with me? So in this text, obviously, it's talking about you, uh, you and me, amen, as believers, those that have received Christ. Anybody in here receive Christ? Okay, let's a little weak. Let's actually a little excited about it. Anybody in here receive Christ? All right, so now if, you're, if you've received Christ, and that means now because of that connection with God now, now you've been born again or born out of God now. So now you're part of not just a whoever, but a whatever that's born out of God. So in you now is the DNA to overcome anything the world may bring against you. Because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. It means it doesn't matter what the world brings, you have what it takes in God to overcome. Right. Now this word overcome, let's define it again. Hallelujah. The word overcome, nikeo, is the Greek word and it means to subdue, to conquer or prevail. It means literally to get or gain a decisive victory. Amen. So whoever's been or whatever's been born of God overcomes, subdues, conquers, prevails, literally gains a decisive victory. No matter what the world brings, you have what it takes to gain a decisive victory. Everybody say decisive. decisive. There's no question. There's no, well, maybe, possibly, could be a little here, a little there, maybe not so much here, but maybe a little here. Uh, you know, if it be God's will, that's a bunch of bunk. God already told you all of it. Come on now. Every promise, all promises, come on, in Him, right? Or yes and amen. amen, praise God, amen. So what we know this, praise God, you have what it takes, a decisive victory. So whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is now you choose to press in and move into God, you have what it takes to gain a decisive victory. Everybody say victory. victory. One of the reasons we're doing the miracle minutes, and uh, I'm enjoying that. You enjoying that? Yeah. Amen. Allows people to share some things. There's things that they're believing for, things they're pressing in. Amen. Hallelujah. You can gain a decisive victory. Praise God. 
Now, it goes on in this same verse, okay, for uh, we, pardon me, verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is, here we go, the victory, which is the word Nike or Nike. We would look at it as Nike, uh, the same, which means uh, a uh, conquest or to be triumphant. It literally means the means of success, the means of success. In other words, it's like a vehicle that takes you where you have to go. And it says that your faith, amen, your faith is the means of success, breakthrough or victory, hallelujah, to a decisive victory. In other words, if you're going to get a decisive victory, if you want to have what's in here, get out here to get the job done, we have to use uh, the tool of your faith. The word faith, pistis. It's the Greek word, okay? It means confidence, trust, reliance, dependence, assurance. It also means conviction. So anytime we're talking about your faith, we're talking about your reliance upon God or your reliance uh, upon uh, what he's promised you, your confidence in what he said, your conviction about what you stand for. Are you with me? All of that's dealing with your faith. And Jesus made many, you know, through the course of this series, we've looked at different things. Uh, he's made mention multiple times uh, through the Gospels, especially that by your faith, you're made well. By your faith, you're healed. Remember many times when Jesus, somebody came and they, he'd minister to them and he looked at them and say, it was your faith. In other words, your faith was the means of your breakthrough. That's what you, you literally came here on your faith leaning in your faith to receive what we had to offer. And as a result of it, you gained a decisive victory. You now get to go home well, whole, delivered, provided for. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. amen. So your faith, my faith, is our means of success, our means of a breakthrough, progress to gain our decisive victory. Now, I know every week for the last two months, basically, I've been sharing that. Amen. And it needs, to, it needs to come alive in us. Amen. You can have whatever this book says you can have. You can have whatever God has promised you to have. But there are things that get in the way of it. Our faith is our means of success to gain our decisive victory. But there are also things that interrupt it things that hinder it, things that literally become roadblocks to our faith. And that's where we're going to go today, all right? We're going to start on talking about that. We've talked about several weeks in there talking about the things that, about our faith that sets us apart and makes us different. Amen. Not everybody believes God. Not everybody presses in for things. Come on, right? Not everybody, uh, you know, is, is being moved more by faith than they are by sight. But when you choose to go a faith route, there are certain things that makes you different as a believer. I'm not taking away the, uh, the salvation of any. I'm just saying that when somebody chooses to walk by faith, amen, it's a different way of living. Amen. And not everybody accepts it. Look at your neighbor and say, I do. Hallelujah. Now, today, we're going to talk about some of these roadblocks uh, to our faith. In fact, uh, uh, Luke 17, let's go there. I'm going to kind of cut through a little bit of this. Luke 17, 
a, ver, a little bit of a, a piece of this I shared in the midst of some of this, oh, probably about several weeks back anyway, but I'm just going to briefly uh, spin off of this. And it says here in uh, verse 5, now, of course, in context, Jesus was talking about, you know, forgiveness and, and uh, you know, forgiving that 70 times 7 kind of thing. And the first thing the boy said was, increase our faith. Well, it kind of makes sense. You know, you start thinking about, you know, how much, you know, it is to, to follow God even in an area like that. Some people, it's hard just to forgive somebody one time. Come on, somebody. But in context, that's what's being said. So he says, increase our faith. I think the message says it like this. Give us more faith. Amen. So the Lord said, if you have faith, verse 6, as a mustard seed. Everybody say a mustard seed. seed. Hallelujah. Just a tiny little thing. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's It's just very tiny. If you have faith, in other words, confidence, reliance, dependence, same word here, this Greek word pistis. Confidence, assurance, amen, conviction, trust. If you even have just a mustard seed of it, it says, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Are you hearing me? Now, of course, in kind, he goes on to talk about, amen, using your faith like you would a servant. If you, if you hire a servant to serve, you're, you're going you know, to say, servant, you've been hired to serve, so serve. Don't expect me now to do everything for you. You've been hired to serve this household, so now serve this household. Now, nobody has a problem with that because I'm paying you to do that, so do that. But he says your faith works in the same way. Your faith is designed to work, amen, when you work it. Amen. And it will work every time. The problem that happens many times is there's roadblocks. There's things that hang it up. He says all you need is a mustard seed of faith to get a job done. This uh, mulberry tree is in this reference here. Um, in, uh, there, there's, a, I, I believe it's 64 different species of a mulberry tree, and they have different fruit, and uh, it's kind of this sweet, kind of sour type uh, fruit that, and there's different, you know, there's the white, the, the blue, the, you know, different, different, the red, you know, different kind of berries depending on the species. Uh, but some of them um, are kind of a nuisance tree. And I believe this is what he was talking about bringing up that sometimes because they just spring up and pretty soon they're, they're overtaking everything. Okay. And he, he, what he's bringing out is this thing could be a nuisance. Whatever it is in your life that seems to be a nuisance can be handled. We don't sit and whine. We don't boo-hoo. We don't bellyache. We, 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 we deal with it. But we use our faith. We use our confidence in God. We use our conviction of what we actually believe. We don't just say we believe. We actually do believe. Are you with me? Hallelujah. We actually trust that my God has got my back here. Amen. So your faith, just literally a mustard seed of faith, can jerk that sucker up and shove it away. Praise God. But you got to be willing to use it. Let's look at another reference on this. Let's go to the book of Matthew. 
Actually, I tell you what, before I do that, did I give you the, the, passion, or the passion on that? Do you have that or not? Let me go ahead and read it on this one before I go. Uh, this is the passion on Luke 17, okay? It says, Lord, you must increase our measure of faith. Jesus responds, if you have even the smallest, I love this. That's how I want to read this. If you have even the smallest measure of faith. Now, everybody hear that? See, a lot of times we're thinking, I got to get more faith, got to get more faith. How about just use what you got and you might be amazed at what it gets done. Now, we're not against you gaining more faith. The word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The more you hear, the more faith comes. Amen. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians brings out that you can exercise your faith and your faith can grow. So we're not against increasing faith and growing our faith. But he just he's literally trying to bring out here that it just takes a little bit of faith to get a job done. But you got to work that thing. All right. Not hinder it. It, would, uh, it goes on to say, it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up by the roots and throw you into the sea, and it will respond to your faith and obey you. Can I hear a big amen? Now go to Matthew 17. Let's look at that. Amen. Thank you for letting me do that. Matthew 17. <clears throat> now, I believe you're going to get something today. Amen? amen? Matthew 17. All right. All right. <clears throat> and we're going to verse 14. Now, we've, we've used this illustration out of Mark's account, but we're looking at it now in Matthew's account. Verse 14, chapter 17 says, And when they had come to the, uh, come to the multitude, a uh, man came to him, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him... To your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I, uh, or how long shall I be with you, pardon me? How long shall I bear with you? And, and then he said, Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your, what? Unbelief. Okay. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain. And now he's using the same thing. But now it's talking to the mountain, right? And the mountain just means that which towers over you. So it may not just be some nuisance thing. It might be something that just seems so big and so overwhelming. Are you hearing me? He says, you can even if you had just a mustard seed of faith, you would tell that to go from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And then it goes on to say, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting, which may have a little different meaning than you think it does. So let's back up here and take a look at this. So remember, the Father now has brought... The epileptic son to uh, the disciples, okay? They pray or whatever they did. It didn't manifest like the father wanted. So then Jesus comes along and he sees the commotion, sees everything happening. Come on. And then he's told what's going on. The father goes through the story. At least Mark's account we see he goes through the whole story with, his, with Jesus. And he says, you know, if you can do anything... Heal my son. Jesus said, if you can believe, okay? He's not being short with that. He's not being, 
you know, ornery with dad. He's not being sarcastic with dad. He's not being mean and rude. He's just saying, listen, if you really want your boy to go home whole, you're going to have to make an adjustment. You're going to have to believe different than you're believing right now. Because all things are possible to those who believe. So if we can get you on that path right there, you get yourself a miracle. And we all know the end of the story. The father recognized, praise God. In fact, the father even says in Mark's account, he said, Lord, I believe. He's helped my unbelief. And the word says immediately the boy was made well and whole. He made the adjustment. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Now, back in Matthew's account, we see here, he's, you know, of course, the statement in verse 17, he says, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Let's take a look at this. Just a little bit of defining here. Apistos is the word faithless here. At least the New King James, that's what it uses here. You may have a cross-reference that says unbelieving or disbelieving, but it means literally actively disbelieving. Everybody say actively. actively. See, this is something that can come and go. Are you with me? You got to hang on to this because this thing is this, this. You have to understand that you could be in faith today and disbelieving tomorrow. And then what you've done now is you've created a roadblock roadblock that hinders now your faith from doing anything. And then you get mad at God and the preacher man and everybody else. How dare they preach faith because they don't know what they're talking about. No, we do know what we're talking about. Okay? But what happens is we create roadblocks not even knowing we're doing it. And the Word has a lot to say. Jesus, words in red, tell us what gets in the way of our faith. And if you get those roadblocks out of the way, faith works. You get your breakthrough and miracle. Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Yes. Amen. All right. So he says, faithless and perverse generation. So again, the word faithless here means actively disbelieving. Uh, it means that believeth not, but it means actively unbelieving, okay? Unbelieving or disbelieving. The word here, perverse, which is also a key word, uh, diastrophal, I think is how it's pronounced, but it means to distort to misinterpret or misstate something. It uses the word corrupt in the sense of it deviates one from one thing to another or to turn one from one place to another. In other words, he's talking about here not so much about, uh, you know, everybody, you know, is all wicked. He's just talking about the, you're off, on, you, you, you're off on, on what you think here. You're off on what, how you perceive something. You're off on how you receive that. You're disbelieving. You're off. You're now off the road you should be on because of just how you're perceiving something. You're not catching what we're saying. In fact, um, one of the translations, because uh, he goes on here, he says, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? One of them brings it out real good. It says, how many times do I have to go over these things? See, he's, he's talking to, really, he's talking to his disciples for the most part. Boys. How many times do I tell you? See, what it is, see, is we get off. Somehow we allow things to start, you know, well, God will do this if. God will do this, but. God will do this, well, 
if, could be, possibly, maybe, if. So what happens is we get off now on what's sim- simple. It's simplicity. If you believe it, you receive it. If you don't, you won't. If you doubt it, you do without it. That's how it works. Nobody, you can't get mad at God. You can't get mad at preacher man. I mean, you could take it out on me all you want to. I'm not the one that wrote the book. Okay, I'm just telling you, these are things that sometimes get in the way. And today we're talking about this thing called unbelief. Because it's a matter of as what we're going to find out here. You can have, you could be believing today, and all it takes is one thing, and now you shifted. The next day, you're not believing now. You unplug your believer. So now your faith lusts. See, you're now actively disbelieving. Now, nobody wants to admit that. How are you doing today? Well, I'm disbelieving today. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, me too. (laughs) Nobody wants to admit that. But sometimes you got to be real with yourself, amen, because you don't go along disbelieving and telling the world you're in faith when you're not. So, today, unbelief. He goes down here. Let's go down here a little further. The disciples asked, why could we not do this? He's specific. You think Jesus beat around the bush? You think he just wanted to try to make y'all, you know, let me just bring it to you subtle so I don't hurt your feelings. And Come on, right? He just says, because of your unbelief. Our unbelief? Well, yeah, because of your unbelief. This word unbelief, okay, Apistia, which comes out of you, obviously the word faith is in there, in that, uh, the root word of that, but it means faithlessness or disbelief or unfaithfulness. Now get this, which refers to even an area of disobedience at time, which is going to come up again. Okay. Now, what he's talking about here is somewhere along the line, you unplugged. Okay. You, somewhere something happened. Now, what, the best way we can figure this out, because you go into Luke, or pardon me, Mark's account of this. Soon as Jesus said, you know, what do I need to do here? He said, right then, after the father had told him the whole story, the boy goes into a seizure right in front of him. Well, it's a manifestation. Obviously, he, he, what it said, he, uh, he rebuked the demon. So obviously, it was a demon. Okay, we would call it just epileptic, uh, whatever. You just have an epileptic seizures. Okay, so that's, you know, that's how we would just describe it. But he, Jesus literally rebuked a demon. So it was a demon that manifested. Are you still with me or did I lose you? Okay, listen, to, this, is, this, is, this, this is how this stuff works. So all of a sudden he begins to say, what, you know, what, what can we do here? And, and all of a sudden the, the boy goes into a seizure, starts flopping around, everything. We're not making light of it. We're just saying that's what happened. See, it's probably the exact same thing that happened to the disciples. So how did they become actively disbelieving? We're talking about boys that walk. These boys walk with Jesus for three and a half years, saw signs, wonders, and miracles. Even at times come back and rejoicing that even the demons are subject to your name. 
They, they're not beyond, you know, what, you know, they're not beyond seeing this and being around it, but for some reason, they disconnected. And probably what happened, now this is an assumption, but it ain't a bad one. Probably what happened is the boy went into a seizure right in front of him, and it kind of freaked him out a little bit. Okay? So they probably kind of, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and they're probably thinking to themselves, listen now, like probably anybody of the group probably thinking, I wish Jesus was here. Exactly. Right? Come on. Exactly. Well, where, where's Jesus? Hey, John, where's Jesus? I don't know, Peter. <sighs> Go get him. Make sure he gets over here. Right? So what happened? Well, it sounds, well, we're still praying. We're still believing. Well, 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 breaks. No, you're actively disbelieving right now. Because you really believe you can't get her done. Listen, no condemnation, but you get honest about it. That's what happened. So here comes Jesus, and that's why Jesus felt the need to say, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long do I have to keep telling you these things? Right? Do you think he just rebuked just for the sake of rebuking? He knew, he saw what was going on. He knew exactly what was going on. All right. So he just straight up with him. How, why could we not? He says, because of your unbelief. And he said, if you just have even a mustard seed of faith. See, you, you've lost the simplicity of this. All of it's subject to, all of it's subject to the name. All of it's subject to, uh, you know, just walking by faith, believing God, trusting God, say what he said to say, do what he said to do, act out what he said to act out. If he said, lay hands on, lay hands on. He said, pray, then you pray. If he said, speak this, you speak this. Don't lose the simplicity of it. Don't sit here and try to analyze everything. And then what happens is now we've disconnected and we're actively disbelieving. Well, Pastor, it's not happening. Listen, if it's not manifesting like you want, you just stand firm and say, I'm standing. God said, pray, I pray. God said, declare this, I declare it. God's word says this, God's been blessed God, that's what I'm standing on. If, if this is the promise of God, that's what I'm declaring, that's what I'm standing on. I ain't moving. Are you still with me? Okay, come on, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about your faith now, your, com- your trust, your reliance, hallelujah, is the means of success that takes you toward a decisive victory. But if all of a sudden you're trying to go down the road in your faith, and all of a sudden you got a roadblock, well, you either get out of the car, move that sucker, right. come on, or you're going to turn around and say, I guess I can't go. And a lot of people, that's where they're at in their faith. They come up to a roadblock and it hangs them up, and pretty soon that's where they stop, and they just say, I guess I can't go any further. No, you could say to that nuisance, be thou plucked up by the roots, and be thou cast into the sea. You could tell that thing that's trying to tower over you, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Well, pastor, no, don't unplug. Let's look at another couple of references here. Uh, actually, no, no, let's don't, because I want to get verse 21, because I told you I would. Well, this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. So that means that there's some devils that are just way too big, is that what it means? No. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, why do we have to pray and fast? Yeah. 
Thank you. Because you know as well as I do that you better stay connected. Really what it's about is a disciplined lifestyle. Why? I mean, I'm keeping my body in check. I'm keeping my mind in check. And prayer and fasting keeps all that in check. So when these kind of things spring up in front of you, you've already prayed this thing through. You've already, amen, took authority over your flesh and your mind already saying, praise God, I ain't moved by nothing. But what happens is these things, all it takes is one thing that seems bigger than the other. Do you know every name that is named is subject to the name of Jesus? What is it about every name that you don't understand? All things are subject. Amen. Right? Come on. All things. All. All things. See, it, it doesn't matter if it's a principality, a power, a ruler of the darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness and heavenly places. It doesn't matter what its name is. You can call him Tom, Dick, and Harry for all we care. Are you hearing me? It doesn't matter what the devil is. It's all subject to the name of Jesus and to your faith in him. So he's not saying praying and fasting because some devils are just bigger than other devils. It's just that some have a tendency to cause you to unplug because somehow it overwhelms you. Come on. Because see, what might overwhelm you may not overwhelm me, and what might overwhelm me may not overwhelm you. But nevertheless, keeping a life of prayer and fasting, keeping yourself in check, you'll find that no matter what comes your way, you stand your ground. Now, am I boring you? Well, I hope not, because I got more to share. All right. Okay, Mark. Let's go to Mark. Um, let's see. Where are we at here? We're in Matthew, what, 17? Let's find the notes here. Well, we're in Matthew. Stay in Matthew. Then. Let's go to chapter 13. Let's do that. Matthew 13. All right. Let's look at this. Matthew 13. <clears throat> Now, you're going you're gonna to let me get her done? Yes, All right, here we go. Matthew 13. How about verse, uh, uh, verse 58? Okay. Now, it says here, you know, he's, he went into his home area, and it says he did not, look at this now, he did not do many mighty works there because of why? I'm sorry, what? Their unbelief. Their, their, their unbelief. Are you catching that? So he, we're talking about the master. Okay, let's look at another one. How about Mark 6? Now we'll go to Mark. Go to Mark 6. Look at this. Are you with me? Okay, Mark 6. Look at this. This is awesome. Mark 6. Look at this. Now, I just want the roadblocks gone. Come on, right? I want the roadblocks gone. I, I, you know, if I just have a mustard seed, if I just have a mustard seed of faith, it doesn't matter how big the devil seems to be. It's all subject to the name. It doesn't matter. Just a, just a small, little, tiny bit of faith can knock him back. Amen. Mark 6, verse 5 and 6. Same story, but in, in Mark's account. Now, he could do. He could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their... He marveled. The word brings out, there's, a, there's really only a couple times the word says that Jesus marveled. Once he said he marveled over a man's faith, and this time he's marveling over their unbelief. Now, what's he marveling at about you? Okay, just a thought I'm having. 
So he's marveling at their unbelief. I mean, listen, we're talking about Jesus. I mean, there probably ain't nothing he ain't seen. There ain't, I mean, nothing. It's like nothing. And uh, he's standing back literally to marvel. It's like it's just like a, it's like he had to do like a double take. I ain't seen so much unbelief. In... Why? Nobody wants to plug in. Well, they, you know what they were doing in the hometown? They were looking, well, you're, you're the guy that we grow up next to. You're the carpenter's son, and yeah, who are you? So all, that was enough to cause them to unplug. And even though he, he ministered to a few little, few little things, come on, minister a headache and a hangnail, and a, but uh, we have to kind of let all the rest, because there was just nothing, couldn't do nothing, couldn't, because it becomes a roadblock. Your means of success toward a decisive victory just had a roadblock. So now we can't gain a decisive victory because something now is in the way. And again, he says it's their faith or their uh, unbelief. Are you still with me? Now, are we picking on anybody? I'm not even picking on you. It might sound like it sometimes, but I'm really not picking on you because we get it. We understand there's things that happen, things that go on. Somebody says something. You look at a, some chart that somebody puts up. You know, the, the professional says, this is what you're dealing with. And you go, ho, ha, who, ha, who. And pretty, what happened? You just, you just actively disengaged. Because for some reason at that moment now, it seems bigger than what God said he can do. Now, nobody's going to admit that in this house. Can God deliver you? Hey, man, brother. Can God provide? Hey, man, hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Preach it, preacher. I will. But see, what happens, sometimes we have, listen, faith in God But not believe God. So you believe that there's an almighty, one above that created all and can do all things. But then I say, he can do that right now for you. You go, eh. Now, I know he can. But I don't know that he will. So what happened now? Now we got a roadblock. Now, is that God's fault? No, no, it ain't. And again, no, no condemnation, but we need to get the roadblocks out. Okay, let's look at another one. Chapter 16. Let's look at another one here. Chapter 16. Hallelujah. How many believe in the Great Commission? How many believe in the Great Commission? All right, going to all the world. But let's look what happened before he commissioned them. This is the 11. Later, verse 14, Mark 16, 14. Later, he appeared to the 11, and as they sat at the table... He's thinking, you know, what, and he, oh, rebuked their unbelief. Are you kidding me? We're talking about the disciples. Yes, obviously they disengaged, right? And he said, and the hardness or the callousness of their heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he'd risen. Because remember, he kept telling them, I'm coming back. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Well, somewhere along the line, they well, that just, that's kind of weird. That's out there. I mean, while he was saying it, we were going, um, amen. 
oh, oh, okay. Now, remember, there was even sometimes he'd say stuff, and the whole group would get up and walk out on him. But, the, you know, but the 12, of course, now, now 11, but, you know, they're, they're there. And even one time, Jesus said, you want to go too? And he says, uh, where are we going to go? <laughs> Which means they must have thought about it, Right? The point is, here he is now. Is he talking to him? We're talking about, listen, this, I'm, I'm out of here in a few minutes. How many times do I have to tell you? So he rebuked their unbelief. Now, have you ever needed, your, you needed a rebuke? That was weak. Me and Scott, we, we get it all the time, don't we, Scott? Good night. Sometimes I think, Jesus, deal with them. Leave me alone once. Anybody ever get rebuked for things? Come on, right? You know, so maybe, you know, sometimes we, maybe, maybe our, our unbelief is being rebuked because we, we've allowed something else to disengage us, to actively now disengage our believer due to whatever. And he's saying, listen, plug it back in. It's okay to be rebuked as long as you repent. In other words, stop, turn, and go the right direction. Have you ever? Now, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of places in here uh, where people have been, uh, you know, received mercy. How about this one? Put first, I'm going to skip a bunch here. Put 1 Timothy 1, verse 12 and 13. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me, wor- counted me faithful, pardon me, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer and a, a persecutor and an insolent man, in other words, obnoxious, all right, but I obtained mercy. Everybody say mercy. I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in Unbelief. He was a man of God. He was a man that believed in Jehovah God. He believed, he thought everything he was doing was for God. And then all of a sudden he woke up one day on the road to Damascus. A bright light says, you're not doing what's right. The lights come on, right? But he said, this is the cool thing about it. He said, I was in unbelief. I did not know. I didn't know. I didn't understand it. But I received mercy. Somebody say, praise God for mercy. Oh, my gosh. See, see there's the, here's the silver lining of the whole thing. I mean, maybe you're getting rebuked today, but there's so much mercy. Look at your neighbor and say, get rid of the roadblock and receive the mercy. You know, when you look about the father, the father with the epileptic son, that was the whole thing that happened. He said, Jesus, if you could do anything, heal my boy. He said, if you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not here. If you can believe, okay, let's, let's change right here. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So he says, he recognized, the word even says this, with tears. This is Mark 9. He said, with tears, okay. In other words, there was repentance. He recognized exactly what Jesus was talking about, and he made an adjustment right then. And with tears, he said, Lord, help my unbelief. Now, how many know he didn't really need help with the unbelief? But anyway, the point was, he got it. I disengaged. You're right. And he repented. Bang, the boy gets healed. 
The disciples back there in Mark 16 again. All right, the disciples. Come on, right? There's mercy. Everybody say mercy. Mercy. See, we're not trying to leave you hang saying, you know what? You disengage. Forget it. You ain't getting nothing. (laughs) Too bad. No. What he's saying is this. Let's get the roadblock on. Let's engage again so we can get the job done. So he rebukes the disciples. Come on. Is that what it says? He rebuked their unbelief. All right, then he turns around. Obviously, they got it. He says, now, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Right? So let's engage. And we all know they did, right? Because all the great things that happened past that. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, praise God for mercy. So I'm not trying to hang you up here. I'm trying to say, amen. If you get the roadblock gone, you might be amazed what begins to click. Now, the Word has to talk about a lot of different things that hang up our faith. The first one today is unbelief. The Word even brings out, okay, in Hebrews 3, okay, that it was they could not enter in. Talking about the children of Israel could not enter in. They could, that generation could not enter in to the promised land. What was promised to them? But they never got to experience it. It says, due to unbelief. Later on, it uses the term uh, uh, through disobedience, which connects with that whole thing. Because the unbelief, what happens is pretty soon you're not believing what he says. So what happens is you don't follow it then. Even though he's saying, no, come this way. Uh, Now, I believe you. No, no, you're obviously not. Come on. Come on. Not today. So what happened? We disengaged because he's trying to lead and we don't want to follow because somehow or another it has caused us to see things different. Come on. To the point we now disengage. Again, no condemnation. Listen, I can't even tell you how many times over the years I look in the mirror and I say, Roberts, straighten up. You know better than this. Knock it off. And then I first thing I, Lord, forgive me for doubt and unbelief. Forgive me uh, for going, for thinking that way. Forgive me for not surrendering to you here. Forgive me for not yielding to you. Get yourself plugged back in and get yourself moving forward. Are you with me? Now, cut out a bunch of it, but did you get enough of it, though? Look at your neighbor and say, no more unbelief. No more unbelief. You got to get that roadblock gone. Amen? Amen. Keep yourself engaged. Amen. So when you feel like, go ahead and stand up. Not not when you feel like to stand up, but stand up and then I'm going to, you know, it didn't sound right. But anyway, amen. When you feel like, amen, when you, in fact, I believe this with all my heart, you know when you're engaged and not. But somehow we try to justify it. Okay? That's when you stop and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. I know I shouldn't, but I am. There's nothing wrong with that. He already knows. So I mean, like you're, you know, knocked him off the throne. With, he's all surprised, like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were getting this. 
No, he says, uh, yeah, duh, it's obvious. You're not getting this, right? So it doesn't hurt sometimes to stop and go, you know what, I, I see what you're trying to say here. and uh, some reason, I'm, I'm letting this thing get the best of me. But Lord, forgive me. I choose you. I choose your way. I choose your will. I choose your promise. I choose, uh, you know, your leading, your bidding, your prompting. I choose you. So like the father, you know, you know, help my unbelief, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> a little tweak in the way you think, all of a sudden mercy's there, bang, you get a breakthrough, you get a miracle. That's what we want. Amen. We want that thing answered so that you, amen, by your faith. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. You're by your faith. You, you've got a means now of success on the way, hallelujah, to your decisive victory. Praise God. Can I hear a big amen? Give God praise, everybody. Come on now. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.